You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Well, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, lovely bride chillers and groom chillers. This is a weird one for me and my guest, for my guest and I, because we've done this before. Yes, we've done this before, actually, with my guest being on the show, but we've actually recorded this episode before, but due to a technical glitch and my personal fuck-up, we're doing it all over again. Uh, my lovely friend, Shana Compton-Game, is here from Millennial Money Podcast. She is here to answer your wedding Q&A. Welcome back. It's spooky because it's been done before. Welcome. I know. I'm excited to do 2.0. 2.0 is always better, right? I mean, yes, I feel like it's going to be better, but I remember leaving that last interview going, shit, that was good. I was so excited. Uh, But every time I speak with you is a good day. So it's just a delight for me and it will be a delight for the bride chillers and groom chillers. I am excited. I'm up for the challenge. And I love you. You're going to listen to the questions from our lovely chillers and act like you've never heard them before. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, I mean, I'll just pretend my short-term memory is... uh... Has, has vaporized. Good. Well, my mine genuinely does sometimes, so I feel like I know, we can mine just, does too. There's a lot of information going in and out, and sometimes I just think, oh, am I 85 or 38? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so right there with you. Oh, now I always, we always joke about the way I say your name with my accent. I was like, Shana. How do you say it? <laughs> I say Shauna. So... Shauna. So you put a little Shauna, Shauna in it, and I should say Shauna. I, so I can't do it. We have a little bit of a dialect difference, though. So, you know, I I actually think it's like really uh, awesome when you say my name. So, you know, we'll just we'll just leave it there. Well, as long as it's not offensive, because I, I practice it before we speak so I don't fuck it up. And then I think, you know, <laughs> if people are new to you, Shauna, tell me about you. Tell me about you. What do you do? I know what you do, but tell everyone what you do. So I would say um, I'm this weird person that is sort of split down the middle, if you will, that is half expertise and half creative lover. So I love it. um, I know, right? So uh, I am a certified financial planner, which in the States is the highest echelon of financial planning that you can earn, which just basically means I had to study my ass off for six months and do nothing but squeeze numbers and all sorts of crazy rules into my head so I could spit them back out on a two-day test. Um, so that is basically that. But no, uh, being a certified financial planner means that you're held to a higher ethical standard than most traditional financial planners, which just means that when somebody came to me to have me help them with their money, I had to actually do what was best for them, which of course I would do in any event. Of course you would. But that is just sort of the ethical standard that that we're held to. Um, so that is sort of my expertise portion. Um, I started my first business when I was actually in college at 19. So I've been an entrepreneur my entire career. I tell people that I am allergic to fluorescent lights. (laughs) If I walk in a building or office building, I get the heebie-jeebies. Like it is just not me. (laughs) Oh, I love that. So I've done everything humanly possible to avoid having to go to work for a company. Um, Some people love it. Not my thing. So uh, I have all this money expertise and uh, I used to run my own financial planning firm. I stopped a couple of years ago because 
I had started this wonderful podcast called Millennial Money about four and a half years ago. And to my complete surprise and delight, we have about five and a half million listeners now um, in 164 countries around the world. I just never imagined that that many people would tune in to hear me ramble on about money. But now when I think about it, you know, money touches every aspect of our lives. Mm -hmm. So I always dare someone like, tell me one thing that money is not a, a part of or a piece of or a thought about. And, and you can't, it just, it doesn't exist. So if money is that important, if money touches all these different aspects of our lives, we need to shatter the taboos around money. We need to be able to have conversations. We need to be able to know what we're doing and we need to be able to have fun around it. And so that's just really been like my charge and my goal the last few years. I love that I love what you do and I love that we also started our podcast around within sort of months of each other and I think we've been on a very similar journey so I've always connected with what you do and your messaging is so great and so relevant to the listeners of the Bride Chiller podcast because I think a lot of us are really challenged by money and talking about money and not having enough money or not knowing where to put our money or should we invest it? We've all got different money yes. stories. It's like, oh, it's a lot of stuff to take in. And then we meet someone else and they've got all of that shit to deal with in their own heads. <laughs> and then you're trying to bring it together and make sense of it together and it can cause a lot of problems. And we all know the stats about divorce and fights and, you know, it gets gets revived over and over again that a lot of the the money issues come from lack of communication or just lack of knowing what the fuck to do all the time yes um said very eloquently by me i was actually i was listening <laughs> <laughs> i was listening to a, a, a pat flynn did a recent episode with ramit seti who um I think you know he's a money blogger and he's he's great, but he was talking about this idea that in in a very similar vein to what you're saying about this way we're raised to not talk about money. Um, he's from mm, I will teach yeah. you to be rich, and 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 he's it was really just reminded me of you listening to this and and what I really wanted to talk about a bit today as well as answer lots of bride chiller Q and A. We've got heaps of questions to get through, but this idea that we are so conditioned never to talk about money and that and maybe it's you know. The, the generation of the living in the 70s and 80s as well. I don't know if I'm dating myself, but it was just not the done thing. Parents would be like, you never speak about money outside of the house. Yes. So it makes it really difficult when you're like, yeah, but if we talk about it, it's going to be easier. Um, and it's really hard to overcome that boundary of going, oh, fuck, if we just had a chat, we could make this better. Yeah, I think it's like most things – you know, if we're going to relate this to marriage, it's a lot of things in marriage I find that exist where you might create the story in your head about maybe there's something your your spouse or significant other does that you just hate. Mm. And maybe you've concocted this whole story in your head about how they're like deliberately trying to sabotage you or sabotage your life or whatever it may be. And this whole story goes on in your head. But if you just had a simple five, two minute conversation about it, maybe you'd be able to go like, okay, this is not that big of a deal, yeah. but you know, money's sort of the same way. So we, particularly if you're bringing two people together, cause we both come in with a shit ton of how we think, act and feel about money. And then if we've never actually had to proactively think about it ourselves, mm. so we're unconsciously bringing all this crap into a relationship. And then you've got two people colliding with with all of that stuff. And so if there's just no communication around this, I mean, it, 
it really is, they say it's, you know, goes back and forth. It's either the number one or number two reason that most people get divorced. And I, I see it every single day. Mm. It's, and it must be one of those things that, if, especially with your clients, and I know you've, as you said, you've run the business, you ran the business for years, and you would see couples come in, I'm sure, that you're like, oh my gosh, this is a simple solution. But <laughs> why, why can't yeah, we fix I mean, this? I, I tell people that I, more than anything, have had to become a therapist. Yes. So, particularly with couples, because what you're trying to do is you're trying to facilitate communication between two people who have decided they just are not going to communicate about yeah. this thing. Yeah. And there's a, I mean, you can tell just by like facial, you know, their faces rolling their eyes or, you know, their, their body language. Like, this is a really heated subject. <laughs> and, you know, if we spend like, even just like 10, 15 minutes, we can really start to like begin to make some compromises and they aren't big things. A lot of these things are obvious things, but they're just, they're just neglected. So yeah, I've had to like put on, you know, like full armored bodysuit at times <laughs> to avoid getting, you know, nailed by things flying or whatever it might be. But I always feel like the third party, the 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 expert, if you, you know, I'm a big advocate of going along for premarital counseling, counseling after marriage, whenever, just counseling. Uh, yes. You know, I think if you can sit and be mediated or be a part of a mediation. And again, with a financial planner, they are mediators in so many different ways, aren't you? You, you are giving people options and guidance that isn't just someone going, yeah, well, I read this and I think this is what we should do. And the other partner going, no, well, this is not what I believe in. Whereas if you've got an expert that's actually going, listen, I know what I've, I've did that test. I know what I'm doing. I'm very wise. Just listen to me. Right. I can give you advice. Um, look, let's get into Rach. Here's a question. This is actually fits very well. It's like we've done this before. Um, it is. It's like a little deja vu moment. <laughs> I remember Rach. Rach says, my fiancé and I are six months away, well, probably five and a half months now, um, paying off our student loans. That was a dig at me, um, which has been a huge achievement for us. Firstly, congratulations, Rach. That is fucking massive. Our yes. wedding is in 12 months. As you talk about on the podcast often, we have had a huge case of sticker shock at the price of putting together our dream wedding. We don't have the financial support of our family paying for our wedding and are considering reducing our loan repayments in order to afford our wedding. Are we crazy? <sighs> Rach. <laughs> You are first so not alone because this is a question I get asked from so many different people. And I think this is the really hard thing about money is there isn't a right answer. Mm. And so that innately with almost everything with money, there's not a black or white answer. Everything exists kind of in this gray area. Mm -hmm. So I think first you have to know that. And so knowing that takes you to the question of what's important to you. So is it really important to you as a couple that you have this just kick ass wedding and you just blow out the money and, you know, for five hours you have this party that is going to be legendary? Is that what's really important to you? Or is what's really important to you that you want to get out from debt? You just, you hate it. You can't stand it. You wake up in the morning with like sweats coming down you. Like it's just... <laughs> this horrible, horrible demon in your life. Mm. If that's the case, then you have to focus on that. Because if you focus on, on just the wedding, that little like scary monster over here that's dead, mm. that's going to keep 
causing more and more stress and anxiety. Um, you know, when I see this, I mean, debt is a really real pain point for people. It is palpable, it is strong, and it is unrelenting. So another option, and because people tend to think that it has to be one or the other. So another option is doing a little bit of both. So having a great wedding, which by the way, it's still going to be a kick-ass legendary wedding, even if you don't spend 30000 or 50000 Let's say you spend ten or twelve or whatever that number might be. It's still going to be legendary, yes, right? Yes, of course it will be. Because <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting married. And the whole point is, really, this is all about the marriage. The other stuff is just the party, the fun. Yeah. So if you find a good sweet spot where you can still focus on getting rid of the debt, but you can still maybe have a version of the wedding that you're really excited about like to me that's kind of the ultimate combination mm-hmm. and i think that's really the ultimate combination with most things when it comes to money is is having that kind of combined approach but you really have to start thinking about like what do we want more yeah and that i think is going to really help you answer that question and what an excellent compromise though and what an excellent challenge as a couple i suppose going back to relationship building and working together as a team when it comes to cash and thinking about your future i mean this is the ultimate you know survivor challenge isn't it of just going yes we've achieved this together and we've got this choice we're at a bit of a fork in the road and how do we go on and achieve what we want in both both senses? I think this is exciting and also, I know, fucking annoying to have to make the decision, but also exciting <laughs> yes. to go, let's work together as a team and make a decision that works for us that we're not going to feel bad about later on. And you're so right, Shana, there's so much that can be done in, in compromise and it doesn't mean you have to go big or go home and then still pay those loans off gosh the feeling of getting rid of debt i mean it's so good so good dare i use the word like orgasm i was actually gonna say (laughs) the same thing it's so freeing it's just like running into the water naked it's very nice i don't know where i got that from but i was just trying to think how i feel free there's something about like whoa i don't care whoa let's just shake it off but, you know, I know when we – I had student debt in Australia, student loans, and I still remember making the call with my credit – what, my credit card and my debit card to pay it off with the the tax people. And oh, getting off that call was just like, great, I never have to talk to you fuckers again. And it made me right. feel so good. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah, and I mean, you know this, Alicia, like the way I do. I mean, being married for uh, quite a few years, yeah. like myself – this is the first of many, many, totally. many forks in the road where, you know, you're going to have to really think about like, well, what do we want more and what is going to give us that feeling of feeling alive and, mm-hmm. um, you know, taking stress off of us. Like that's the direction to move in. Yeah. And go on a great holiday. Celebrate by getting out oh, the loans. Yes. You know, plan have a smaller wedding or make slight compromises and then go great we've paid the loan off we can go on a a great holiday and go and celebrate somewhere with a cocktail oh i want to go celebrate somewhere with a cocktail i haven't even paid anything off i'm ready to go (laughs) me too right (laughs) um talking about communication leanne says i have a terrible confession come to us Leanne. I spent over $1,000 on our wedding invitations and told my fiance that they only cost $300. 
We've never had an issue with honesty when it comes to money, but he thinks that everything is extremely overpriced and doesn't always understand that that's just what it takes to plan a wedding. Should I just try? I like that one, but that's just what it takes. Oh, Leanne, should I just try and bury this one and pretend it never happened? Or do I admit that they were way over budget and just hope for the best? Oh, Leanne, I feel you. Um, And Leanne, I share a middle name. My middle name's Leanne. So I feel like we have a strong sort of like symbiotic connection going on here. (laughs) I mean, my... My honest advice is probably going to be something, Leanne, that you don't necessarily want to hear, but you got to have that conversation because what happens is the invitations turn into something else, which turns into something else, which turns into something else, which then turns into this huge fight, which could have just been avoided by, hey, look, I spent more than we said we wanted to spend on the invitations. I'm sorry. I feel really bad. This was really important to me. And I know that next time I just need to communicate up front. You know, I think if we could just have some of that like point blank honesty and diffuse these situations, because I what I fear, Leanne, is that you're going to build this up so much in your head that this is going to become like a scary monster for you. And uh, it's going to lead to other things. So I'm just I just say, like, pull the Band-Aid. And be honest. I totally agree. My grandmother used to say, oh, what a tangled web we weave when yes. first we practice to deceive. And and she used to say it to us when we were caught lying as children. <laughs> and it always goes around in my head and makes me think, yeah, it, you just do not want to have that balloon effect. And also the guilt. I don't know. I mean, I like lying, Shana. I'm like a good white I know, liar. I know. Um, but there are times, and I know this is not, you know, I don't really lie to Rich very often. I feel like that's it just it doesn't sit that well with me. I'm really good at lying in like customer service situations. Oh yes. Well, are we all? Yeah, I mean it's a skill. But I agree, it's just the foundations of that just feel like it could just it could escalate and also uh, what's the minute of just going, "Ah, oh, fucked up, whatever." We'll, you know, not just that. Don't say it like that. Leanne, don't go, oh, fucked up, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But just perhaps a little bit more like, you know, slight, TLC with yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly remorseful or slightly guilty, but then also go. We can just we'll I'll we'll make some changes somewhere else. And lesson learned: I shouldn't have done it, or maybe I should have, but I'm going to cut something off somewhere else. But I do think it's it's a respect thing as well. You just don't want to be living with the burden of lies, do you? No, no, no. It's, it's just not fun. Yes, no. no. Good, Leanne. I think we've we've solved your problem. Fess up. I hope those $1,000, I want to see, could you send us a photo of the invitations because they sound really swanky. Yes, I got to see these invitations. <laughs> want to share, we'd love to see, and I'll, I'll share them with the community if that, so if you so wish. I don't want you to feel burdened by this request. Uh, this is the Pride Chiller podcast. Of course it is. Uh, lovely Shana's here to answer your money questions. There is more after this. Chillers, I talk a lot about value and what you place value in. For me, it's investing in quality items that are going to last a long time that I cherish, that I enjoy looking at or using, and also just knowing that I got a good deal, that I got value for my money. Our Bride Chiller partners, Noemi, produce the finest quality jewellery at a fraction of traditional retail prices, and they can do this because they make all of their jewellery in-house. 
and only sell directly to customers. There is no middleman. So it means the people that you are purchasing this really meaningful piece of jewellery from are the people that make it. Noemi pioneered their own model to design, source, create and sell directly to you, which also means that they know where everything comes from, which means they use sustainably sourced diamonds and gold in all of their jewellery. Noemi make quality wedding bands that are guaranteed to be better priced than anywhere else in the whole world and made in any size you need. And when I say any size, I mean literally any size you need, they will make it. Shipping is overnight for free, so you can try it on and have up to 60 days to return for free with a full refund. Now, I live in the United Kingdom. I ordered my Noemi ring and I had it within days. I paid a small shipping fee. It's delightful and I bloody love it. Buying fine jewellery, my chiller friends, has never been easier. Noemi makes your experience completely risk-free. Get a lifetime warranty, free overnight shipping in the USA and free returns for a full refund. They even guarantee you will not find better quality jewellery at a lower price anywhere in the world. Head to Hello Noemi, which is H-E-L-L-O-N-O-E-M-I-E dot com. Use the promo code BRIDECHILLER for $75 off any wedding band today. That is Hello Noemi, N-O-E. M-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code BRIDECHILLER, which will bring you $75 off any wedding band today. No, Emmy. Buying fine jewellery has never been easier. Something that I particularly enjoy is seeing the chillers use the products that our bride chiller partners are choosing to invest in to advertise on this show. And recently we had some lovely feedback from bride chiller Shalene and her partner Alex who chose to create their very own wedding newspaper, careofnewspaperclub.com. Newspaper Club have been helping people just like you print their own newspapers since 2009. Newspaperclub.com have been very clever in creating a fun and very creative alternative for bride chillers and groom chillers to express their personality and really add another layer of individuality to their wedding day. Now, this could come in the form of creating a wedding newspaper invitation where you put all of your wedding event and celebration information in this fabulous newspaper. You could also create an order of service or a program. Thank yous is another thing that we've been seeing a lot of people print, which is a lovely way to share a keepsake of your day and your favourite photographs and memories. Newspaper Club have printed over 12 million newspapers throughout the world. They have flexible print runs starting at just one copy. You don't need to print thousands of copies. It's perfect for any size wedding. And here's the thing, you don't need to be a design whiz. They have very simple drag and drop templates that you can create a professional looking newspaper in but a short while. Paper is a timelessly accessible medium and it's versatile and something that I think your guests will go, oh my gosh, it's a newspaper, how exciting. Order free samples at newspaperclub.com and get 20% off your order, up to $100 discount with promo code BRIDECHILLER. Get your free samples at newspaperclub.com and get 20% off your order, up to $100 discount with promo code Bride chiller. Okay, April. 
April says, Shana, that my maid of honour has a very well-paying job and really good taste. I wish we could be friends. She sounds great. Um, (laughs) That's silly. And when I say good taste, she likes expensive things. She's planning some of our pre-wedding celebrations, including my bachelorette party. Some of the other bridesmaids have quietly complained to me that her plans are amazing, but also they are worried that they're going to be very expensive. Should I get involved? Do I say something to her? I think it's great that she's so successful in her work and can afford nice things, but I'm worried that the other bridesmaids feel pressured to spend a lot of money when I just really want them all to be there. Oh, (sighs) this is a hard one too. And I think this is like, I mean, you would know probably better than me, but I feel like this is a reality in a lot of weddings. Yeah. There's an inevitably somebody who makes a lot more money than somebody else. And there's those uncomfortable moments of, ooh, you know, for the person who doesn't make as much money is, well, should I just, should I go in debt? Should I put on my credit card? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really have to, it's the peer pressure thing. Like, yeah. I really have to be you know, whatever it is, whether it's spending on the dress or it's spending on bachelorette party or whatever it is, you have to be there. You have to do it. You have to be part of the fun. And I think it creates a real sticky spot. And I think that there's, again, there's nothing wrong with having open, honest communication about what everybody can afford and what they can afford. And I I think if the goal, right, and the question, the goal is just to have everyone together and have them have fun that, um, you know, having those conversations, I think is, um, God, it's so important. I mean, everything that I'm going to say in this episode around money, I'm going to sound like a broken record comes back to just having conversations and understanding that people are coming from different places with different budgets. And, you know, what might be important to one person might be a huge, like panic stress Mm -hmm. moment for somebody else. It's really funny to talk about bridesmaids and and um, that whole evolution of that role as well, because I totally do think, you know lately you know in the, I'd say the last sort of two years of making this show I've seen massive changes and it inspired me to like I wrote the Maid Chiller Manual which is a bridesmaid book because basically because I was seeing all these conversations happening in our Facebook group of people just going well partly. I don't really know what bridesmaids and groomsmen are supposed to do. Like, how do I tell them what to do? I don't know, which is, I think, a really valid question because fuck, who knows? But also, I don't want my relationship to be suffering because I've asked them to be a bridesmaid or people are clashing or, you know, how much money do they have to invest? So uh, it's a real pet subject for me because I feel like we are being told over and over again, like so many other facets of our lives, you should spend money on this. This is what we do now. And it's sort of propaganda in a lot of ways that, you know, we're seeing Instagrammers all going on, you know, two-week holidays with their friends for bachelorette parties. And you're like, what reality does this come from? And I think it's really interesting to see how people react to that stuff because I don't know if it's just me, but I would feel really uncomfortable asking people to go away on a big trip with me and give up their holiday and pay, you know, you know, and to sort of make that quote unquote sacrifice. But that, you know, we all live busy lives and yeah, to go away for a weekend or have fun is fabulous. But some people are really making 
their friends make huge investments. Um, and I think a lot of people feel pressure to do it and it can be really challenging to be the poor person. And I think we've you know, both said we've been the poor people before just going, hi, we're freelancers or we're contractors or we're independent <laughs> people. We can't afford to do that. Fucking hell. I just need to pay my rent next month. I'm really trying hard. Um, but it can be really feel pretty shitty to have to be that person. Um, and, yeah, I think it's exploded and it's insane and it makes me feel yeah. bad. I'm terrible with remembering names of people in movies, but the Bridesmaids movie. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, they came out a few years ago and there's that scene of, of just the, the going to the party and there's like puppies as like, you know, your, your takeaway gifts yeah. and just, you know, <laughs> they're going to go all go to go to Paris and just all sorts of just craziness. And she just like loses her mind. Yes. Uh, just like this cannot be reality. And I think for so many people it is because then it's like it's like, where do you draw the line? Like, so everyone has to one up each other in the wedding. OK, yeah. now we have to one up each other in uh, the rehearsal dinner and in the bachelor bachelorette parties. And, you know, I mean, just it just is it's like never ending. Mm. And all the tat and shit that people are expected to buy and bring, it really surprises me how much stuff people buy that is so unnecessary. And I don't want to sound like an old, you know, we talked about, you know, broken record because I talk about this all the time. I feel like you should place value in what you spend your money on and and how much you invest in your wedding is completely dependent on what you can afford and what you place value in this party and the celebration. Yes. But also, you know, you go on Etsy and you go on Facebook and all this stuff, you're being, we're being served ads for, we need 16 different bridesmaids robes and T-shirts, which is all great if this is important to you and you want to buy it. I'm not saying don't buy it, but don't feel obliged to then say, okay, in order to have a great bachelorette party, you need to have matching robes and swimming costumes and stupid dick straws or whatever the fuck people are buying now. It's just not necessary to make it happen. And, and I think going back to um, lovely uh, April sort of saying, you know, it's great that her friend is is throwing this party, but it's also making her feel bad. I mean, that's just the opposite of what I'm sure her friend's aim is. So I think it's important to be able to go back and just say, hey, honey. Hey, honey. That's so patronizing. <laughs> hey, honey. <laughs> hey, honey. Hey, oh, sweetheart. Hey, darling. Uh, don't spend that much money on me, girl. Uh, but, you know, just saying... I just want everyone to be... She said it perfectly at the end. Uh, what did she say? I really just want to be with them all. And I think that's what she's got to say. Just say, tone it down. Let's just, yeah. you know, take it down six notches. And let's all just hang out together and have a nice time. But don't make people feel bad about it. Ugh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. I felt a bit ranty then. I apologize, everyone. But it really gets me. It needed throat. to come out. Thank it you. It needed to come out. Yes. I just feel like, you know, I talk about with a fuck up bucket, I talk about gifting, you know, and there's over gifting. People are obsessed with gifting and I think gifting is well meaning and beautiful, but it's also like I see every day on the Facebook community people are like, Hi, what gift do I give my mother in law for the wedding day? And I'm like, Why are you giving her a gift on your wedding day? I don't understand where that came from. <laughs> what is she I mean uh, yes. What? Hi, do I get a special gift box for the guy that's driving me to the church? No? You're paying him. Fucking stop it. Stop it. I love it. So I had I had a wedding actually outdoors where we lived. Uh, I've I've full disclosure this on my podcast. We spent three under three thousand dollars for right. eighty people. We had a custom uh food truck that came that had a wood-fired oven that cooked pizzas 
we had a bar. I mean, we had everything. And people were like, that was the best wedding I've ever been to. Like, you had to spend thousands and thousands. I was like, no, I spent under $3,000. And people were like, what? What? Oh, this feels like a whole other show, Shanna. What are we doing? We should be talking about this. So my point is that you can have the most kick-ass wedding and still do it smart money-wise and people never know the dip. People aren't going to know if the robes are matching or all this bullshit. They don't know this, you know? All they want to know, all they want to do is come and have a good time and celebrate you guys. And and that's what it should be about. Yes. Mantra. Think about it. Think about Shana's voice whenever you're about to go and spend more money (laughs) on stuff that probably isn't necessary. Or if you feel obliged. If you're ever spending money out of obligation, and I think this is true in any, forget weddings, just in life. If you feel obliged to spend money, it's probably not a good thing to spend money on. Uh, Yes, I think that should be the mantra for sure. Ditch obligation. We, We spend too much time with obligation in general. Right, Lauren, this is a good one to end with. I remember us answering it last time. Stop acknowledging that, but I'm going to say it challenged me and it's going to challenge me again. My future husband's family run a successful franchise business, which my husband uh, to be is also involved in. We've had discussions about me joining the business after we get married. I don't love my current job. However, there was recently also talk of me signing a prenuptial agreement to, quote, protect the business, which made me feel a little uncomfortable. His parents are contributing quite a lot of money to our wedding, so I feel it puts me in a position of not wanting to make a fuss when it comes to the prenuptial agreement. My parents think I should get a lawyer, but do you think this will just cause unnecessary stress and drama in the family? Oh, Lauren, I love this question. I hate this question. I feel bad for her, but I also think it's a really good conversation to have because there's a lot of levels of shit going on here. Yeah, I was trying not to react when you were reading the Sorry. question. <laughs> I, I salute you for that. Um, gosh, Lauren, wow. I've I've had so many people who've come with some sort of version of this story to me. And my first response, this is not going to be a response you want to hear, but my first response is this sounds mm, a little bit like blackmail to me. Me too. So, They'll give you the money, but you got to just put your name on this little piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And anytime you get feelings of something, even a twinge of like, mm, this feels a little bit like blackmail, that should be when your red alert siren goes off. Because mm-hmm. what you need to do is you need to, and this may sound a little harsh, but you really need to think about yourself and you also need to protect yourself. You need to make sure you're not putting yourself in a situation where you're going to have to compromise either what you believe in or, uh, gosh, your, your career, your life, whatever it may be. And I think it sends a really strong message to the in-laws of like, look, anytime you ante up cash to us, we're automatically going to have to meet all your conditions. Mm which I think is, you know, not a great place to be. So I think the first thing is having a conversation with your future spouse. Yeah. Like, hey, this really makes me feel uncomfortable because in my head, this is what it looks like to me. So I think that's the first place you need to start. But if there is a insistence on signing a prenup, 
first you got to really understand what's in that prenup. And the only way you can do that, in my opinion, is hiring your own attorney. Mm -hmm. Because that person then, even if it's an hour of their time, they're going to read it, give you feedback, and they're going to let you know, okay, here are the things maybe you should be concerned about. And here are the things, no big deal, right? And a prenup is just like any other legal paperwork. There's a negotiation process. <laughs> so if something in there doesn't sit well with you, you have every right to come back and say, well, I'm just not comfy with how this is worded or what this clause is, mm-hmm. you know. But the first place is coming from a place of knowledge, of you understanding what this means, what you're signing, what this means for your future. I think it is absolutely critical that you take a pause moment and just feel comfy with the decision you're making. I think you were totally right. I think it does feel a bit like blackmail. I feel like it's a really unwelcoming thing to do to someone entering a family. And that's not, I'm not saying that prenups shouldn't exist. I think prenups have a place and I, I'm not anti-prenup, but I think the fact they've said, hey, we might want you to come and join the business, by the way, sign this form, and here's some money to pay for your wedding. There's a lot of different levels of sort of emotional manipulation attached oh, to all of this. Yes. So it makes me feel a bit shady about them. Now, I'm sure they're lovely people and, again, I don't want this to come across as me judging because I do think, you know, as we have discussed in the past about putting things in writing and contracts and money, it's all very important and I'm not I'm not saying that this shouldn't be happening because it protects people. But, you know, it just feels it feels a bit shady and I feel like mm. you can just do better and I do think you're right you, if you can come back and it's a bit of a power move as well getting the lawyer. Not to oh, be. It is a power move. It's like, me. don't Woo! fuck with me. Yeah. It's like, listen, I'm not going to just sign your shit because, yeah, yeah. I do think, yeah, I I think you should do it. I think your parents are right. Go and and it may be meeting. that it might be that it ends up being totally fine. Everything might be on the up and up, but it's just the air that mm. it's cultivating. And the problem is you start cultivating that space before you're even married. Yes. You get married and woo, that that balloon is going to explode all over the place. So just from personal experience, I know how that works. <laughs> yep, totally. And, and you know, you've got to work together as a team, like we've just been saying over and over again. And if that team is saying, I don't feel comfortable with this. Don't want to come between you and your family, but we're family and this shouldn't be happening like this. Challenge. Do it. Make it happen. Yes. Oh, boy. Make us proud. Yes, make us proud. This has been very good. I would even say better the second time around, hey, Wolf? I don't know if I remember the first time around, so (laughs) I'm going to say this is pretty amazing. (laughs) Me too. I promise I'll save the files properly this time. Sean, it's always such a delight. What can you plug? Where can we send people? Your show is so great. They should definitely listen to that. What else? That's the big thing. So hop on over on any podcast player, Millennial Money. We have episodes twice a week on every different subject about money. So if one does not resonate with you, probably the next one will. So we would love to have you over there. You can also head on over to our website to watch all of the past episodes and see all of the show notes. And that's at mmoneypodcast.com. 
Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. Your um, your videos are fabulous and you are too. So there it is. Please come back again and share your amazing knowledge and wisdom. And also, uh, I, w- I wanted to say, your latest episode, you were talking about wills and thinking a little bit more about um, planning ahead, about, you know, who looks after your kids if you die. Things like that. That's challenging shit that we should all be thinking about. And you made me think, oh, we're always talking about getting a will and we never do it. So I have made a special note to Rich and his mum is a former like solicitor. She knows what she's doing. And oh. She's always on our ass about doing it. And we haven't done it. So now I'm thinking we're running businesses, yes. doing things. I've got to make it happen. So you've, you have inspired me to get my ass into gear and get a will. There it is. Just leave me your prize to like uh, stamp collection. Okay. I mean, if I've, I've got a, I was going to, what was the things people used at Furbies? What do people used to collect? I don't know. Furbies are crazy. Oh gosh. Chia pets? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever the latest thing is, we'll, uh, I'll definitely leave it to you. Hey, thank you, my friend. If you have a question, Bride Chillers, Grim Chillers, I'm talking to you for a future Q&A episode. I love to hear from you and so do my lovely expert gifts. Gifts? Gifts, like I'm talking in a New Zealand accent. Gifts, like Shana. So if you would like to leave a voice message or like all of our lovely question question askers today. I've lost my mind today. What's happened to me? <laughs> All you need to do is visit thebridechiller.com and you can follow the prompts, follow the advice there to send me an email or a voice message. And uh, if you've got a money-related question, we will have Shana Compton Game back on the show to answer your questions again. I'm ready. She's ready and waiting. Until next week, next episode, uh, we wish you all a happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast. The only place a cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right? <laughs>